Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Far removed from the Feast of the Holy Family, which we celebrate, of course, just after Christmas, we find ourselves on the first day of May, and the Holy Liturgy presents to us the concurrence of these three most holy personages for our contemplation, for our honor, and also for our help. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Uniquely today, we honor all three. And in a very special way, we honor Saint Joseph, the protector of the Holy Family. But as our Lord himself is the Alpha and the Omega, let us begin today with him, in order that we may conclude and remain with him forever. Today, the second Sunday after Easter, is Good Shepherd Sunday. Because of the Gospel that is normally read at today's Holy Mass, which today will be commemorated and the Gospel will be read at the proper last Gospel following the Mass, the translation of which is in the back of your newsletter, where our Lord says, I am the Good Shepherd. My sheep know me, and I know my sheep. I call to you, and you hear my voice, and you come, and I am here for you. Today is also the first day of May. May is the month that we, are, we dedicate especially to Mary, the Mother of God, the Queen of Heaven, the Queen of the Resurrection, that in the wake of the joy of Easter, we would recall that it was only through the most generous fiat of the Blessed Virgin Mary that came about our salvation. And so we honor her during this month which we inaugurate today on the first day of May. And most recently, we have the addition of honoring on the first of May, Saint Joseph, the spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the foster father of the Son of God, and the protector of the Holy Family. This most recent addition, liturgically for our consideration, was made possible by a very courageous act by His Holiness Pope Pius XII in 1955, less than 70 years ago. He instituted this feast to honor Saint Joseph, particularly under the title of Saint Joseph the Worker. We consider his paternal solicitude for the Church at his, in his time, and for all of those souls who would reap, you may say, the harvest of that which was sown 70 years ago. For let us make no mistake about it, we are the heirs of both the good things of those, of those who have come before us, but also their mistakes and their heirs. And so, in order to present something for us 
that would outlive the generation at hand and be handed down throughout the centuries that we may look to Joseph as our model in perhaps one of the most difficult areas of life to navigate here in our modern world. How to work and how to work well. In the middle of last century, the dignity of work was being undermined, not because people were lazy. On the contrary, in the mid-20th century, mankind perhaps was more industrious than ever before. Having survived the carnage of the Second World War and the First, that it seemed as if man was in a, an upward incline towards progress without resistance. As swiftly as one could cascade down the slope, it seemed as if man was rising higher and higher in order to create, through his own hands, a paradise on earth, full of all of contemporary comforts, amenities, conveniences. It was almost as if man was once more able to aspire to the construction of the Tower of Babel, but one that he thought would not be torn down, but rather may indeed make this paradise on earth. This, my friends, undermines the divine dignity of the work of our hands. Impius XII was very solicitous to this point, knowing that his time on this, this his short time on earth was running, was running out. How might he be able to present to all those who would come after him with the church's sure doctrine on the dignity of human labor and also to pre prevent us from falling in headlong into the airs that were only in their inception 70 years ago. I said that the fundamental flaw of work was not laziness. Oftentimes when we accuse ourselves of sloth, we must understand what this vice is. Sloth is not simply being unindustrious, no. Sloth is a spiritual vice that saps from our souls the very love of God, putting everything else before that divine charity which animates our Christian souls now in order that it may be one with that God forever in heaven. We make everything else more important than the only thing worth living for, to get to heaven. This is what undermined, this is what undermined the work of those living 70 years ago, and I dare say it is completely undermined and destroyed the dignity of our work today in this society that we have now. What is the answer? What can help us 
to reorient all of the good things that we wish to do, but oftentimes for all of the wrong reasons. We turn to St. Joseph and we ask him humbly for help, not only to be our model, but to be our advocate and guide, that in the same way as he taught our blessed Lord Jesus when he was just a young lad, the trade of carpenter, in order that he may perfect his skills, always remembering that the woodwork that he would do above all else would be upon the wood of the cross. St. Joseph helps to orient all of the good things that we desire to do in this life for the best reasons, to glorify our Father in heaven. The, the vice of sloth is directly opposed to the virtue of charity. Holy Mother Church beautifully places St. Paul's words to the Colossians on the priest's lips today at the Holy Altar. The translation you have before you, and I exhort you to read these texts prayerfully because they give us so much insight into how God desires to help us in our daily tasks, the duties of our state of life. Have charity above all else, says St. Paul. For charity is the bond of perfection. We oftentimes wish to do so much good, but because it is void of charity, it is void of the love of God, that alone for which we must do all things in order for them to have eternal value. That we should not be surprised that we do not reap much happiness even from the good things we may accomplish, or that that happiness be short-lived. Our happiness will always be proportionate, will always be in proportion to the dignity of the end for which we work. Let us work for things eternal, and our happiness will indeed be everlasting. To place this in context, I would simply ask you to ask yourself today this rhetorical question. It's for us to consider, both you and me, in order to perhaps place objectively and honestly where we are in living our faith that we all claim to believe, otherwise we wouldn't be here this morning. But do we live it? Ask ourselves this question today. Between Sundays, in any given week, how many decisions do I make each week based on money? How many decisions do I make each week based on my own personal comfort? How many decisions do I make each week based on the aspirations of others' human respect? And how many decisions do I make each week 
in order to be with God. Not only now, but forever in heaven. How many decisions do I make based on my faith, my firm conviction that if I live in God's presence now in this world, should I expect anything other than to live in His beatitude forever in heaven? How many decisions do I make each week to conscientiously be with my Lord and my God? St. Joseph can help us make the right decisions and for the right reasons. He labored all his life as a husband and father to provide for the members of the Holy Family. And yet, in wanting to do something good, perhaps the best thing one could do, he also did it for the right reasons. He did it for the glory of God the Father to take care of and, and honor and glorify our Heavenly Father for everything that he, that St. Joseph was given by God. Namely, the great responsibility to take care of the Son of God Himself, Jesus Christ, and to protect and cherish the Most Blessed Virgin Mary. He took care of all of these responsibilities handed to Him by God for the right reasons, to give Him glory. And St. Joseph can teach us to do the same, and he wishes to help us in this manner as well. He himself was the most chaste spouse of the Immaculate Mother of God, and it is most befitting that on this first day of May, he will teach us to honor Our Lady, specifically in this month of May, and specifically on the first Saturdays, per her own request. How many decisions do I make based on my faith, based on what I believe will get me to heaven? How many decisions do I make based on the love of God and the Blessed Virgin Mary who desperately wants me to be with Him forever in paradise? The first Saturday devotions are Our Lady's request to be with her one day a month for a few short hours in order to spend time with the woman we aspire to see face to face in heaven for all of eternity. And she promises us that this is not a selfish request, but that if we do what she asks us to do, that we will experience not only the peace of soul that comes from the grace of God now, but we will be effective instruments in procuring that peace for the whole world. If we do not have peace in our times, perhaps we should ask ourselves, do we keep holy the first Saturdays for Our Lady's request to obtain her promises? May is a wonderful time to do this and to begin again. If perhaps during the cold winter months we were reluctant to wake up early on Saturday mornings, maybe we, may we be encouraged by the warmth and the sunshine and the flowers of this most 
beautiful month dedicated to our lady that we would rise from our slumber shirk off that sloth which impedes the love of god the bond of perfection between god and man and between us all as fellow men in the human race let us heed her words in order that we may indeed enjoy the the promises that she has given to us and lastly as promised the alpha and the omega our lord jesus christ himself we honor today as the good shepherd and he teaches us specifically in light of saint joseph and the blessed virgin mary to have confidence in them to lift up our heads from this world from those things that can drag us down and that despite our responsibilities yes in this life that they must always be done for the right reasons to get us to heaven we honor our lord today as the good shepherd we trust his own words calling himself as such and we have these beautiful images in our mind thanks to the works of christian artists of our lord in his strong shoulders carrying a little lamb or perhaps a lost sheep we can imagine that the sheep by nature he spends all of his time with his head down to the ground always scrounging around trying to find the next patch of grass wherewith to eat and be nourished his concerns are on the things of this world thinking that it is through them that he will survive and when he is allured astray perhaps by the deceitful verdant pastures of temptation he wanders away from the the only person the unique master who is able to protect him and nourish him and allow him to grow and to have the happiness that belongs to him by god's creation he wanders away and what does the good shepherd do he follows after him he finds him and rather than shoving his face deeper into the ground he picks him up upon his shoulders so that he may have the vantage point of god himself that the lost sheep has a privileged place on our lord's shoulders whereby he is able to see the world from the same perspective that jesus himself saw it upon the cross looking down upon god's creation and knowing that he is beloved by god allow ourselves allow yourself as i must allow me to be picked up in the arms of our lord to no longer have these vain concerns about the things of this earth for as saint paul says if we have risen with christ mind not the things of this world but mind the things that are of heaven in order that that may be our joy now and forever on this good shepherd sunday let us be picked up by our lord held in his arms and see out into that vast verdant pastures of eternity 
In his arms may we have confidence, may we truly have faith, and may we base our decisions upon doing what's right, just, and necessary to stay in his arms. And that whatever may happen, we may have joyfully upon our lips the holy names of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.